Curry with the shot, Ben cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 90 of Curry in the Pot. Y'all hear that? Episode number 90 of Curry in the Pot. Woo! It's, it's, it's been a journey. It's been a grind. Uh, I really want to thank everybody that's been rocking with me since day one. Even if you was rocking with me, you know, day three, day four. You know, appreciate that. But I really want to thank everybody that's been on this this great journey, this this marathon. You know, it, the marathon continues, no pun intended. But I really want to thank everybody that's been rocking with me. I truly, truly appreciate it. It's episode number 90. And, uh, you know, we've grown together. We've done a lot together. Uh, I just want to thank everybody that's been rocking with me along the way. Shout out to B. Jones, the co-producer of Curry in the Pot. Shout out to my boy Sean, who got me to start the podcast. And anybody that's ever collaborated with me, Takira, Bink, Zeke, B. Jones, Jalen Hunter. Uh, shout out to all my guests that have come on the show. I really appreciate it. Episode number nine. This is a big milestone episode for me. Five episodes away from 95. 10 episodes away from 100. Yeah, I can do math, y'all. But for real, for real, let me let me get serious. I got a very special episode. I got a very special guest. And this episode I have a former DeMatha player and former Pittsburgh Panther basketball player and current overseas player, James Robinson. James comes on and he talks about you know, his time playing at DeMatha, his leadership qualities, and even playing over in Israel. And we even talked a little NBA Finals. And then on the second half of the episode, I got the 13-year-old Phenom, Bink, and I got my boy Zeke all the way from Cali. And we talking about the current state of the NBA Finals. Toronto is currently up 2-1. Game 4 is tomorrow, Friday. I'm recording this on Thursday, June 6th. So you guys will get this Friday afternoon, you know. So still enough time to listen before game four. But here we go, guys. So without further ado, I got this interview with James Robinson, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the episode. So ladies and gentlemen, on the line, I got a very special guest. I got I got I got some more Damatha royalty for you guys. You know, I had Adrian Branch, Jarris Lyles, Chris Adoria Chim, but now I got some more royalty, some basketball royalty here. So on the line, I got Damatha alumni. I got University of Pittsburgh basketball alumni and current overseas player. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Mr. James Robinson to the show. James, what's good, bro? What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for asking, man. So so how is everything, man? How is life treating you? Uh, life's good. Life's good. I'm back home in the, in the DMV area for the summer. Um, enjoyed my third year playing professional basketball overseas. Um, last season, I played in Israel. Um, great experience um, on the court, off the court, and I'm glad to be home for the summer. Most deaf, most deaf. So the first question I got for you is, you know, one thing I've always noticed about you is you, you've always been a leader. And I, I just want to know, were you like a natural boy leader or were you just like one day just thrown into the leadership role, man? Like how did, you know, your maturation and your leadership, like where did that come from? I think it definitely came, started at home. Um, mm -hmm. Both of my parents really instilled leadership qualities in both my brother and I. Um, but I think just growing up, being around a great group of guys um, who also came from, 
um, strong backgrounds and strong households. Um, it kind of molded me into first being a good follower. Um, when I say a good follower, I mean uh, in ninth grade going into DeMatha, um, while playing varsity, I had the opportunity to be around um, senior le leadership, junior leadership, and even some very talented sophomore leadership. Um, and as a, as a young guy, as a freshman, I really just, you know, follow those guys' lead. And then when it was time for my turn to um, be the upperclassman and leader, I feel like I um, displayed some of the qualities that I learned when I was younger. Most deaf, most deaf. So you brought up, you know, where I wanted to transition to next. Uh, so your sophomore year, my freshman year, you played, you know, you played on a stacked team. You played with... You know, NBA players, Quinn Cook, Jerry and Grant, Victor Oladipo, and even at the time, Jeremy Grant was coming off the bench. Just talk to me about that team and talk to me a little bit about those guys individually. Uh, I think that was a very special year for us. Um, um, it was my sophomore year. You know, I had a little bit of experience under my belt. Those guys obviously had a little bit more experience. Um, we, were, we were really good friends, and I think, you know, that kind of, Helped us out on the court. Um, obviously, playing at WCAC basketball conference. Mm -hmm. um, you know, every night is a tough night. So, just that friendship that we had off the court really transitioned to on the court. But um, as individuals, I think everybody had a hard working mentality. Everybody wanted to do what, what was best for the team to succeed, while also uh, displaying our own individual talents as well. Um, but like I said, just you know, being around those guys on a day to day basis, pushing each other, uh, helping one another reach, reach their goals. Uh, of, of, of first getting to college, um, that mm -hmm. was first, you know, first getting to that college scholarship, playing at a big time level in college, and then uh, those guys were, were fortunate enough to uh, continue on into the NBA. Um, you know, you see those guys on a nightly basis on a, on the NBA experience, um, doing their thing and representing their families, themselves, and their and their background. Most deaf. So, I got another question that just this just came to mind. Are you surprised by? Uh, you know, the maturation of Victor Oladipo's game. You know, I I, I wasn't, you know, I didn't know, you know, how, how good he was going to be, you know, at the college ranks and even at the professional ranks. But are you surprised by, you know, him, you know, obviously being an all-star now? Does that surprise you at all? Uh, I, I wouldn't call it a surprise at all. Um, you were there, I was there watching Victor um, early in the mornings working out, after practice working out, just doing that extra mile. Um you know, I think that's just a testament to who, who Victor is and his character, um, just that hard-working mentality. So his successes on the court um, are not a surprise to me, um, as well as his success that he had uh, off the court, you know, graduating Indiana from Indiana University in three years. That's a big-time accomplishment. Most that. But, uh, that's, that's, that's truly what it means to, uh, you know, getting it done in, in, in the books and on the court. Absolutely, absolutely. So I want to transition and I want to talk a little bit about you. You know, I ran into you a couple of weeks ago and you told me that you had just got back from playing overseas in Israel. Talk to me about playing, you know, the team you play for, you know, like, the, you know, the competition. And also talk to me about the culture, the people. Just just talk to me about, you know, your time over in Israel. Uh, Israel is a very great country. Uh, I enjoyed my time there. I was there for eight, nine months. Um, just getting a chance to experience um, everything it means to, you know, be in Israel. Obviously, you, you have the religious background and aspects that come with uh, being in Israel. But also just, you know, the basketball culture. Um, going in, Before going to Israel, I had no idea um, how passionate and, and uh, energized their fans were about the game of basketball. Um, so that was a great environment to, for me to play in every night. 
Um, so I really enjoyed the experience and um, an opportunity for me to um, see another part of the world that, you know, without basketball, I may not have had a sh- chance to see. Mm. Mm, good point. Good point. So I got one last question for you. And, uh, you know, it's obviously about what's currently going on. Your former teammate, you know, Quinn Cook plays on the Warriors. But what are your, your impressions of these finals? And, you know, the Raptors are now up 2-1. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? What's been your impressions of, you know, of the first three games? And what do you think is going to happen, you know, as the rest of the series goes on? Uh, well, you know, a lot, a lot comes down to uh, injuries. Mm-hmm. And with Golden State, um, players are healthy enough to, you know, take the court uh, for game four and, and so on. But, um, you know, I like, I, like, I like the Raptors. I like their mentality um, and their competitiveness. Um, obviously, Kawhi Leonard is a great player. You know, he's getting the lot of help from his supporting cast this series. Um, but then, you, then again, you look at Golden State. You know, there's still a couple, a couple shots, a couple stops away from even winning um, last night's game and um, game three. So, you know, either way, whoever plays in the finals, um, you know, it's going to be a competitive series. Um, as a basketball fan, I would love to see it go game seven. Mm-hmm. Um, as a as a former teammate of Quinn, of Quinn Cook, I, I love to see him get his second ring and um, continue to play a pivotal, pivotal role in uh, the Warriors winning this championship. Most deaf. Yeah, I think... I think, you know, you definitely hit the nail on the head talking about injuries. You know, it's, it, it's crucial because... Uh, you know, you got Clay Thompson who missed Game Three with a hamstring. Uh, we, we we may or may not see Kevin Durant. I think we will, but I don't know when. Either Game Four or Five. Uh, but I got to give the Raptors a lot of credit. Um, and they they pose a lot of matchups problems for the for Golden State defensively. You know, Kawhi Leonard is an excellent perimeter defender. Siakam can defend. Danny Green, even though he's getting up there in age, he can defend. Marcus Saul was a former Defensive Player of the Year. He plays defense. Kyle Lowry, who I'm not a huge fan of, you know, he, he does some dirty work, man. He draws a lot of charges. But I, I definitely do want to see this series go down to, I would like to see it go seven. I definitely think, you know, that's what all basketball fans will want. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think Golden State ultimately going to come out with, come out, you know, and win the series. But, you know, it's definitely not going to be easy. But I think the key for Toronto is they have to continue to get contributions from the other guys, the Siakams, the Danny Greens, the Van Vliet's, all those other guys. I know what Kawhi Leonard is going to give me on a nightly basis, but those other guys, I'm just not sure. Definitely, definitely. No, I mean, uh, those other guys, they also have experience playing big games. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even even you think about a guy like Fred Van Vliet, who's, who's playing excellent right now, um, every night he's coming out with a chip on his shoulder uh, to, to continue to prove to everybody that he belongs in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think it's going to be a competitive series. It's definitely going to be a competitive series, and I look forward to, um, to watching it play out. Most deaf, most deaf. Well, I really want to thank you. Thank you so much for your time, man. This really means a lot. Uh, you know, I, I I totally appreciate it, man. It was great running into you a couple of weeks ago, man. We're gonna definitely uh you know get up soon, but uh, uh leave your social media real quick. Uh, my Instagram is jrob underscore zero. Um, you can find me there. Hit me up. Follow me. Whatever it is. <laughs> and, um, I definitely just appreciate appreciate you having me on, and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. All right, most def. All right, James, take care, man. Alright ladies and gentlemen, I'm back uh, Of course, this is episode 90 uh, I brought some uh, special guests along for episode 90 You know, shout out to James Robinson again for the interview But uh, I got I got two 
two guys that you know we have a really good bond together and uh you know they've both been on the episode with me i believe right before the draft and uh you know we had some good content we talked a lot of stuff you know we had fun too we were laughing and stuff but uh first things first i want to introduce the 13 year old phenom he's back again uh like i said uh he got his own thing going on on youtube but uh it's been a minute since they dropped something but i want to welcome back the 13 year old phenom uh g aka bink bink what's going on bro uh nothing much i'm about to graduate i'm about to go to high school next year hey man shout out to you man congrats to you and your family and next up we got my boy all the way from cali all the way on the west coast my boy zeke what's going on zeke Yo, what's up, Mike? It's been too long, man. Glad to have you back. For sure, for sure, man. So uh, I want to talk. I want to talk in particularly about these NBA Finals. The Toronto Raptors now have a two-one lead after winning last night uh, at the Oracle. We do know that Clay Thompson was out for Game Three. Kevin Durant is still sidelined. Uh, Kevon Looney also got hurt in Game Two. But I want to talk to you guys both about about the finals in general because i've only been talking about my reaction to each game over instagram live but i want to talk to both of you guys about the finals and you know just see what see what you guys think the floor is yours (laughs) (laughs) that was all right go ahead okay so Kawhi leonard has been playing amazing i wouldn't say that you wouldn't say that I would. I mean, game one he wasn't amazing, but he was still aggressive. Uh, get into the free throw line. Game two, he wasn't amazing yet. I mean, he. I feel like game three was his best game, as far as you know, efficiency wise. But like game one and game two, he didn't shoot the ball that well, but he was still you know aggressive and you know getting to the free throw line and also impacting the games in other ways. But I think game three was definitely his best. But you can go ahead and continue. And like I said, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I said the Raptors' Ben shows up. They have a good chance of, you know, winning and going far into the playoffs. And I think we're, we're seeing that. And Kyle Lowry played well last night. Don't know how long that's going to hold up. But <laughs> Fred, Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet has been, he's been balling. He's been locking up stuff. Well, not last night, but. That's so true. That's- yeah, I, I, I hope the Raptors win. I'm, I just want somebody else to win. Yeah, I think uh, Van Vliet has done an excellent job on Steph. You know, especially uh, in the first two games. You know, obviously not last night, but I think, you know, Steph was forced to, you know, have to put up, you know, even more shots than normal. Obviously, with Klay Thompson not being out there, you know, Kevin Durant still sideline. You know, like I said, Looney. But, you know, obviously Klay being out, you know, that's at least 10 more shots that Steph gets. But um, uh, Zeke, what's been your impressions? Um, you can, to me, it looks like Kawhi's legs really are, you know, not fu- haven't been fully un- under him. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, it it looks like he's been really struggling to knock down his shot and get full elevation on his jump shot because he's one of those guys that gets pretty high on his jump shot. You know, um, the only yeah, time to just, me, just look at the game seven shot against Philly. Uh, the only time I would say he he really doesn't uh, get a lot of elevation is when he when he's off when he when he pulls up off the dribble because he does it so quick that it's mm-hmm. just he doesn't have to get too much elevation. Um, but I mean, what I'm really like 
what I really like to see is that, I mean, outside of game two in the second half, everybody on the Raptors has really been contributing for the most part. Um, you know, like I was telling you, you know, I haven't really been able to watch too much of the game just because I've been working. But, you know, analyzing the box scores, you know, looking at all the highlights and stuff, the extended highlights, you know, the 12-minute the long videos, um, you know, I'm, I'm able to see that, you know, the, the Raptors are really trying trying to win this thing. You know, they're not they're not trying to compete with Golden State. They're trying to beat Golden State. Mm-hmm. And and that's been like one of the the hardest things for teams to do consistently. You know, because like the Rockets, the Rockets would always compete in games with Golden State, but it was so hard to take that next leap to actually beat them. For sure. Uh, so I want to point back to Game Three and you know Game One because. Uh, these games are very telling and you know the two games that the Raptors won I want to say that because they've been getting contributions from the other guys and that's guys like Pascal Siakam who had a monster game one he had 18 last night uh, did the dirty work got nine boards six assists as well and Marcus saw he had he had a big first game and he had 17 last night so I definitely think that, you know, and Danny Green even contributed to hitting six threes. I always said, and I said at the beginning of the series, if those other guys can contribute, you know, on a consistent basis, you know, they can beat Golden State, at least, you know, without Kevin Durant. And I think KD's going to come back game four, hopefully. Uh, I think Klay Thompson's definitely going to come back. They didn't want to play him two games and three nights so I, I definitely think that you know that was one that was part of their reasoning but like I said the Raptors when they've been getting contributions from the other guys uh, they've won both of those games Kawhi Leonard had 30 but the other guys like I just said Siakam 18 Gasol 17 last night Kyle Lowry was hitting some big shots last night he had five threes last night had 23 points also had nine assists like I said Danny Green he's looking like Finals Danny Green uh, back when they in the Spurs. Yes, sir. Yeah, he hit six threes last night. And um, Van Vliet has been, you know, he's been solid. You know, he, he give, he's giving me like Della Vadova mixed with J.J. Barea vibes. He's those type of vibes. He's <laughs> so, but I, I definitely think, you know, Toronto definitely has a shot. I still think Golden State will win the series. You know, I think when, you know, KD comes back, I think he'll be rusty, but. I still think Golden State will win, but this series is definitely going, you know, it's going to go. I think it could go to distance. I think it could go to game seven. Yeah. So, uh, Mark, when, when the rap, when Marcus all has over 10 points, the Raptors are six and one in the playoffs, but when he doesn't have over 10 points, they're eight and six. I'll see what you're saying about the other guys. Mm Mm-hmm. It's definitely, it's definitely key. Um, I thought also another thing I wanted to point out is Kevon Looney getting injured. I thought that was I thought that was kind of underrated because I was talking to my dad about it yesterday and he was like, they don't really need him. And I'm like, nah, like Looney's energy like it's been good. He's been playing really, really well, especially uh, when it really started to catch my eye was in the Houston series. I, I know you guys remember Kevon Looney, you know, he was really starting to come on and play well, you know, coming off the yeah. bench. So I think I think him not being able to play is, is a little underrated. And I think, you know, a lot of people aren't really seeing that. DeMarcus Cousins, he's obviously still not 100%. I think he's about 70%. And he's, he's still not into game shape, you know. He's, he's still not back. He hasn't played 30 minutes yet. So, you know, I, I'm really curious to see 
Well, I think game four is a must win. It is a must win. This is, uh, you know, probably the biggest game uh, Golden State has played in this run, with the exception of game seven in 2016. I think this is probably the biggest game uh, that they've had in quite some time and definitely one of the biggest games and, you know, these title runs and, you know, their quest of being in the finals. But uh, tell me some more of you guys' thoughts. Um, So, to me, the biggest thing about the Kavon Looney injury is he's so, like you said, his energy, but his, like, presence on the glass. And it's it's not that he gets every rebound, but he's around every rebound, and you don't know how many many times he tips the ball back out to the three-point line. That kills so many teams because he's right there, right? And, like, he just gets a little – like, he barely touches it, and it gets all the way tipped back out to the three-point line, and they get an extra possession off that. And it's and that, and that sometimes is a backbreaker for teams. And, I mean, uh, he, he's also – like, I wouldn't say he's the best perimeter defender, but, but he's not the biggest guy. So, like, when he's out there on – on, like the perimeter he'll hold up for maybe a few seconds and allow his defense to be able to shift towards him and then you know once obviously you know he'll get blown by and stuff and then you know the help defense is there and that's where Draymond comes in but um but also I was in there's a if everything went right for Toronto in game two the the Raptors would be a 3-0 right now and that for sure is, yeah for and, sure and that, and that to me is like crazy to even think about that like that is even a thought in my head that somebody would be up 3-0 on the Warriors. But, I mean, you know, things didn't, everything didn't go right, and, you know, the series is 2-1. And to me, like you said, uh, I mean, a hobbled KD is better than no KD, especially right now when there's multiple injuries on the Warriors. For sure. This series, it took a turn in my head, because honestly, when this, when this series matchup started, I thought it was going to be, like five, six games, and then Toronto won game one, and I was like, whoa, wait, hold up here. We, we might actually have a battle. Yeah, I think from I think from a defensive standpoint, you know, it's tough for Golden State because, um, you know, they haven't really faced teams with, you know, multiple good perimeter defenders. They haven't. They just haven't. You know, you look back to Portland. Me and Zeke were talking about the other day. Damon Lillard and CJ McCollum, they, they can't they can't play defense for real. And then you look in the Houston series, you know, P.J. Tucker, yeah, he's a solid defender, but he's like 34. And, you know, he was guarding, you know, what, KD? And, you know, like they just haven't faced – this is this is probably the best defensive team that they faced, you know, in this whole, you know, title run. So I definitely think – you know, Toronto is giving them some problems on the defensive end. Zeke, what you think? You could you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Because well, I don't know if you remember, but when we were talking, I believe this was like maybe right when the season started, Oct- October, November. And I mm-hmm. told you if if I see a, a team coming out of the East in the fi- uh, to the in the finals, I would like it to be Toronto because they match up the best. And and that that's and I think and I believe you agreed with me too because of, you know they're just a tenacious team and especially the way they were playing in the beginning of the season i was like oh yeah like this team i don't know if they'll beat the warriors but i would rather see them versus any other team because of just the way that they play it seemed like they played together and especially on defense and that's what the biggest key playing against golden state um but yeah i mean i, I agree with everything that you just said man is mul- they have multiple perimeter defenders multiple bodies to throw at you you know Kawhi leonard obviously you know the best two-way player in the league 
Uh, Pascal Siakam's a good. Uh, he he he's a good defender as well. Uh, Danny Green, you know, he he's getting up there in age, but he can still defend. A uh, Kyle he had Lowry. A crazy chase down block last night. Yo, he did. And Serge Ibaka had five blocks last night. He yeah. was blocking everything. He, no, he actually had six. He was looking like you know the young Serge back in OKC. And again, I was saying Kyle Lowry. He's he's not a bad defender either, and he he takes a lot of charges too. So yeah, the physicality it's 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 really different, man. The thing about Kyle Lowry though is because of you know his, how people I guess you could say his his weight issue, you know is a he he's not the most in shape player, so he does get winded quickly on defense, but he can defend. You know I've never been a big fan of Kyle Lowry's offense. I but, can't stand Kyle Lowry, man. <laughs> yeah, but but his but his defense has always been there. He just gets winded so quickly. I can definitely agree with that assessment right there. Uh, so I want to I want to ask you guys, who do you guys think thinks gonna win the series now? I don't even know, because <laughs> it's still like we have KD and Clay coming back, hopefully soon, and it's like depending on how healthy KD actually is, it might be the Warriors, but I hope it's the Raptors. Mm, Z. So I think KD's gonna come back hobbled, right? If Clay comes back hobbled as well, because the biggest thing is those two are two big key defensive pieces, and if they don't, if, and if they come back to the point where it's it's impacting their defense on like you know on a very high level, then I believe the Raptors can take this series. Um, but I believe that I, I don't believe that they're going to come back, you know, that injured. Um, I think Clay will come back and he'll he'll kind of, you know, just kind of get back into the motion of things, especially on offense. But I think defense is where he's going to spend most of his energy, um, especially with the way that, you know, Steph's been playing so far. Um, I think he's kind of just like, OK, you know, like I'll, I'll let Steph take more of the shots and, you know, I'll just kind of just try to defend, especially, you know, because he, he's the one who, who mainly guards Kawhi Leonard, I believe so. So he he's yeah, probably just gonna play Thompson and um and Iggy they they got him the most. Yeah, so I believe that you know he's gonna spend most of his energy on defense and then KD you know to me KD doesn't spend energy too too much energy on either side of the floor because he does things so smooth and effortlessly. Like um, so he to me I, I mean it's been a long time since I've seen a game where KD actually looks tired, and I mean he's he's gonna look tired because he hasn't played in what almost five weeks. So I mean that that's gonna get him tired, but I think he's just one of those guys that he he's been playing this game for so long that that doesn't really imp- that isn't really gonna impact his game too much. Yeah, and I also think you know KD, he can pick and choose his spots. You know KD, you can plug him in; he'll do whatever you need and more. But um, I I still think Golden State's gonna come out on top. Again, I'm not a confident and firm believer in the rest of the, in the other guys on the Raptors. As I said before, I don't know if they can keep this up. I know what Kawhi is going to get me, but we could see the same, you know, Lowry, Danny Green, Marcus that we saw in game two. Or we could see the same three guys that we saw in games one and three. I don't know. But I do know one thing, and I said it, you know, just a few minutes ago. This is probably the second biggest game you know in Warriors history 
outside of uh, game seven of 2016. This is a must win. I don't think the Warriors can afford to go down 3-1. I just don't because, <laughs> and you know, that, that's funny to say 3-1. <laughs> I just don't think they can afford to. And another thing is I don't see them losing both of these games at home. They know the significance of this. They know yeah. that game four and also game six will be the last games in the Oracle ever. So I just don't see them losing game four. It is a really big game. I definitely think, you know, they will get up for it. I think Draymond will be better. I, I didn't I didn't particularly like how he played last night. I thought he should have been, you know, more aggressive and more assertive. I, I thought he should have at least had a triple-double last night if Golden State had expected to win. I want to see game seven 2016 Draymond. That's, that's the Draymond I'm looking forward to seeing. But I definitely think that... This is a must win for Golden State. It really is. And I, I just don't see them losing both games at home. And like I said, you know, this is one of the last few games at the Oracle Arena. So it's it's going to be huge. Yeah, it's it's very rare to see a game where Draymond has four assists and four turnovers like that. Like you never see yeah. that. That never happens. Do y'all think Kawhi's Mm, That's a good question. That's a um, I've heard you know reports like he could take like a short term deal, or you know do like a one and one. I could definitely see that, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I don't know. Which are gonna be? Your agency's gonna be. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Um, I could see a lot of guys staying put though, but I can also see guys you know moving around. But I don't know. I feel like a lot is still contingent on what happens in this finals, too. Yeah, someone or not someone, uh, well, someone on Twitter, they uh, they brought up if Zion was gets drafted by the Pokens and then KD goes there and that forces Anthony Davis to stay. How would you guys think that plays out? Wait, you said if Zion gets drafted by the Pelicans, and what else did you say? Katie goes. Katie oh, goes there and forces it. Like, and Anthony Davis is like, okay, like he'll stay. Like, how how do you how do you think that would play out? I think he would stay, but I don't think it's gonna happen. No, yeah. no, no. It, it was it was just like one of like you know the you know the free yeah. agency scenarios. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, everybody's like a random scenario. Out. Yeah. yeah uh, that uh, that was just interesting because that, that wasn't even in my like my thought process. Yeah, like, like I didn't that, even, I, as a potential. Nothing place. tells me that Katie's gonna go to New Orleans. Like, <laughs> but but I mean, you know, those three would be like okay, like that'd be you know that that would be like a, a solid little team right there. You know, assuming Zion comes in the way that all of us believe he's gonna come in, um, I think that would be a solid team. I think they would make the playoffs. I don't know how far they would go just because I mean Anthony Davis and KD are virtually unstoppable on the offensive end um and then all three of those boys could play defense but it's just a matter of their perimeter play um but you know that was just like a scenario and i just i just want to see what you guys like thought about that yeah that's interesting that's very interesting i think i think that would be really dope actually uh i think but the only would... way katie gonna come is if a if he knows ad is gonna stay but I well, think yeah, if that, that, that would, would I think if thing. KD comes, I think AD would stay because I feel like I feel like him him AD wanting to leave is because 
they haven't put enough around them. I feel like I feel like that's a big part of it, but I also feel like you know he would like to go play in a bigger market. But I feel like another thing is you know they just haven't really put a lot of pieces around them. I mean they did get Drew Holiday and Demarcus Cousins, but you know everything else has been kind of stagnant after that. But I just think I don't think it's gonna happen. But I think that would be like a really really interesting scenario. Like I think that would be dope. Where y'all think Kyrie's headed to? Uh, it seems like Brooklyn or the Lakers, but uh, I don't know, man. It was Rich funny. Has started. People have the guy that recruiting pitches. Go ahead. On 2K, my player was wearing Lakers gear, so everybody was trying. Yeah, to yeah, I did see that. <laughs> I did see that. Oh, he. I feel like Kyrie could just be trolling for real and just playing games with people, just playing mind games. <laughs> I, I really think I really think he's just playing mind games, but I think I think it's gonna be Brooklyn or the Lakers. I, I heard like Colin Coward talking about Brooklyn and guys like Chris Broussard have been linking Kyrie to Brooklyn, and you know he is from uh, you know that area. Yeah. So um, I, I, mean, I could definitely see it, but I, I don't know. I I just don't see how either of those teams really fit him. Like, yeah, yeah. Like see. like like remember like me and you were talking about this like we. I, I don't see how he he really fits on the Lakers very well, like, and like I mean it it, it could work to me the Lakers would be a better situation for him than Brooklyn. Yeah, but I because to me I feel like if he goes to Brooklyn it's gonna be the same stuff that just happened with Boston, to like the whole situation was not not necessarily the as good as the team will be, but the whole situation of him not really connecting with his guys and him not being the best leader, I feel like that's going to happen exactly the same if he goes to Brooklyn. Um, I feel like the Lakers, it would take some pressure off of him because it would be him and LeBron again. But to me, his skill set doesn't really match very well with the other Lakers players outside of LeBron. Good point. Um, I don't I don't even know, man. Uh, no, I don't the whole... <laughs> The whole Brooklyn thing is intriguing to me because, yeah, they signed him. You know, D'Angelo Russell's a restricted free agent, so D'Angelo Russell probably goes somewhere else, and they probably don't match the offer since he, he's restricted. Um, I mean, I don't I don't really see what he gains out of going to Brooklyn besides a first-round exit. Um, <laughs> uh, seriously, and, you know, going home. But, you know, hey. To each his own. I mean, he already has one ring, I guess. If that's enough for him, then okay, cool. If he's happy, he's happy. But, uh, you know, it's a first-round exit again. Um, uh, if he comes to the Lakers, um, I still – if he comes to the Lakers, I still think they're going to pursue a trade for Anthony Davis. So that completely changed the dynamic. But also – I, I don't I don't really know how it works either. Like you said, you know how will it work with the other players? You know, a la the Kuzmas, the Ingrams, Ball, etc. And then you know the Lakers still have a bunch of decisions to make. They only have how many players on the contract? Braun, Kuzma, Ingram, Hart, and Ball. Those are the only guys on the contract and and Wagner. Mm-hmm. So, um, that whole that whole situation is interesting because. The Lakers don't even have a full roster. What I just named, like six players under contract. So <laughs> it's it's I don't know, man. I'm, I'm I just wanted to hurry up and get here, though. Do you want the Lakers to use the fourth pick? Hmm. See if they if they if they can use that 
and to get Anthony Davis, then yeah, uh, then trade it. But uh, if they use it, I do like Garland. I do like Darius Garland. I do like Jared Culver, even though he had a horrible uh, NCAA championship. And um, what's my guy from Virginia, DeAndre Hunter? I like him too. But but, but like, um, aren't, aren't I, all the the best players that are going to be available at four? Aren't they all going to be guards? Like we don't. To me, yeah, they're all get, the guards. So we don't. It we don't make need a lot of sense. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Because because we need a, a we need like an Anthony Davis, like you know, at like. A person who plays a four or a five to me, like, and then I've always told you, like, that that's what we're missing is we need a big Dunk, guy that Dunk can. Hunter played a four, a uh, big. What'd you say? I didn't hear. So, you. doesn't DeAndre Hunter play the four? From what I saw, I think he plays a three. I was gonna say, I, I, think, I was like, isn't, think, isn't he think, more of like a perimeter? But I think he could play, I think he would play the four in the NBA. But the last thing, I'm sure we can all agree, the last thing the Lakers need is another young player. Like, seriously. <laughs> I saw this thing. Yeah. It was like the Lakers trade Lonzo Ball for the seventh pick to the Bulls and then trade the fourth and seventh pick. And I forgot who else for Anthony Davis. Let me say this. I don't want Lonzo going anywhere. Yeah, no, me neither. I'm a huge Lonzo fan. So, to, if, he, if he goes somewhere, I, I'm going with him. Straight <laughs> I'm going with him. Nah, for real. I'm, I, everybody knows... How, how I'm a huge fan of Lonzo, and uh, you know I've been very vocal about that. You know he, he just has what, what, health. What makes me mad is but, he's never gotten a fair chance, man. For sure, and he and this will be his first off season where he can actually work on his game because he's been hurt the other ones. Yeah, like I mean he's I I heard his his dad said he was still you know recovering. Still recovering, but he's he's in a good place of where he's at. Like to where he can actually focus on basketball, and I was like, okay, that's you know that that's really what I like to hear. Um, but yeah, adding an, another young player in, yeah, that would to me, nah. But um, no, so is it the? I believe it was the Pelicans VP was saying that, like, uh, that they he's he's not giving up on keeping Anthony Davis. Yeah. But he was really, but he wouldn't. He would still be open minded to the Lakers' original offer. Of you know us giving up damn near ha- <laughs> all of our players that are under contract. The rest of y'all roster. <laughs> yeah, and and like I told you, Mike, I don't, I do not want to trade all those pieces for Anthony Davis. No, I feel like they should call their bluff for real. They should just call their bluff and, and make the uh, make the Pelicans wait it out for real. Like I don't think they should give up the farm like you just said. But go ahead. Yeah, no, like I, I don't want us. I, I love Anthony Davis. You know, I think he's a great player. You know, for sure, what I would say top eight. You know, definitely. According uh, to Stephen A. Smith, top four. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I put him that high, but he's, he's definitely up there. Um, I, I just can't see us giving up so many of our key players who are, who are key players right now on our roster for Anthony Davis. Can the Lakers afford to wait till next year's free agency? I think they can. Me too. I mean, I think they can, to, but it it depends on you know where where he's traded to. If, see, the, if the Lakers don't trade for him, but I, I think they can wait. Because <laughs> to me, if we get Anthony Davis right now, assuming we we only trade for Anthony Davis, and it's Anthony Davis, LeBron, and you know maybe like one or two players that we're able to keep, and then a bunch of guys that we just signed. That's not going to put us over the Warriors. 
And to me, I think we could sign a player this year, get him under contract, you know, maybe move some more pieces around, you know, and the next season or next offseason, get him without giving up any other assets. I think that puts us in a better position than us giving up so many players just to get him and have him and LeBron and maybe one or two other players. Yeah, that's the thing. And also, Anthony Davis isn't the most durable player. <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. another thing that people don't even talk about. He's not even the most durable. So, like, it could, like, even if they get Anthony Davis and trade all these young pieces, say somebody gets hurt, knock on wood, but are we in the same situation as we were last year, just with LeBron and Anthony Davis? Like, it's literally the same. It would be the same thing. See, and, and that that's really scary because before everybody was, okay, we can count on LeBron to play a full season. Well, we just seen LeBron miss, what, 18 games because of injury? And 18 then, straight games and then sat out, like, the final seven or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I was going to say, and then took, you know, a few games off here and there because of load management. Like, are we going to be <laughs> able to count on LeBron to play a full season now? I mean, because, I mean, he, he's he's getting older. And these little injuries, you know, they could start piling up. And it necessarily won't keep him out long stretches. But if he misses three games here, four games here, two games here, you know, like that all those games are going to accumulate. And then if we have Anthony Davis having little, you know, tic-tac injuries here, here and there, too, you know, that's going to affect our team as well. I can agree with that. What player do you do you want the Lakers to sign a free agency? You can go ahead, Z. Uh, I mean, Kevin Durant's my favorite player, but I would not see him <laughs> playing very well on our on the Lakers. I mean, I, he's gonna play well no matter what, but I don't it's necessarily fitting well on our team. I think like a Kawhi type player would fit a little bit better. Not necessarily, you know. I I feel like Kawhi would probably fit better with LeBron. The best fits are Clay and Kawhi. Yeah, um, I would love I would love for us to get Clay because I love Clay. Um, I'm not a big fan of very many players on the Warriors, but KD and Clay, like I would, those two guys right there are, are definitely like you know some of my favorite players. But I would love for us to get Clay. And a lot of people are like, oh, you know, he's not gonna leave. But if you look at every interview where they ask him if he's gonna leave, you know, like you know, he's always like just kind of just chilling you know it's it's not like he's saying oh no nah, i'm staying like like this is my home i'm staying no he he never says any of that and then you have reports coming out saying like oh well if he doesn't get the max offer then he's gonna entertain free these other free agency offers and it's just like oh well you know who knows and i don't know if the warriors are really gonna you know give the max to clay oh man but um uh, back to back to the point. Um, I would like to see. Of course, I like to see Clay or Kawhi. I think you know. I think those would potentially be the best fits, alongside you know what we currently have on the roster. You know, KD would be good too, but I don't. I just don't see it. See, see, um, KD would be good because you can plug KD in anywhere. But I don't know if his full skill set would be utilized properly in our system. Well, I don't know what our system is going to be under Frank Vogel, but <laughs> under Frank Vogel, yeah, I was going to say. But 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 I mean, but but I mean, with, with the current players we have, I don't know if his full skill set is going to be able to be utilized. Good point. Didn't uh, on Lionel Hollins as an assistant coach? Yeah, we got uh, Jason Kidd and Lionel Hollins on the staff, so uh, I don't I don't really know if you could say you know we have a, a, a remarkable staff. 
But, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, those those are some good names, I guess. You know, they have. They've all been head coaches. Uh, Lionel Hollins, I believe, was a coach of the year before. So, I mean, it doesn't hurt to add, uh, you know, those guys on the staff. But uh, what do I? I don't. I don't know. I, I just want something. I just want something crazy to happen. I'm praying for good fortunes for the Lakers. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I just want free agency to be crazy. That's all. I'm hoping Danny Ainge does something smart this offseason. I heard I heard a report like a week or two ago. You guys are looking to build around uh, Tatum and Jalen Brown. Hey, that I mean, I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, dude, I saw that um, Al Horford is gonna opt out of his deal to um, take a smaller deal to help the team. He's crazy. <laughs> he's crazy. He has he's a $31 million dollar player out. option. And he's, about to opt out. he's crazy. I could opt. I, I would not opt out of that. I would opt right in. That's. <laughs> But, uh, team player. <laughs> team, yeah, to the max. But uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Uh, you know, this was fun. Uh, you know, we're obviously on episode 90, so this is huge. Uh, so, you know, thanks for coming on, Zeke, Bink. Really Good appreciate happy. it. It's been a pleasure, man. No doubt, man. Uh, so, yeah, this is the end of episode 90. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, yeah, it's episode 90. I will be back next week. Uh, but I will continue to be on Instagram live after each NBA Finals game. So you guys don't want to miss that on my Insta, my second Instagram, Curry in the Pot post. But I want to thank you guys for rocking with me on this journey. Like I said, episode 90, uh, 95 and 100 are coming up real soon. But uh, thanks everybody for listening. Mike Curry signing out. Episode number 90 is done. Peace. <laughs>